they have a limited amount of time. So relying on stereotypes is a way that you can quickly say, well, here's the old people, here's the very young, here's the in-between. Hi, I'm Darren Woolley, founder and CEO of Trinity P3 Marketing Management Consultancy, and welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. If you're enjoying the Managing Marketing podcast, please either like, review, or share this episode to help spread the word and wisdoms from our guests each week. Now, stereotypes plague the advertising industry. On one side, we have many suggesting they're simply a shorthand way of communicating or identifying for the audience. And on the other, research suggests that these stereotypes ingrain and support associated behaviours into society, from gender inequalities to age and racial discrimination. My guest this week recently wrote a piece for Mumbrella sharing her opinions on the missed opportunity in the latest version of the meat and livestock lamb television commercial, which is titled The Generation Gap. LinkedIn News Australia also picked up the piece independently. We're going to discuss that today, so please welcome to Managing Marketing Podcast Executive Job Search Strategist of DARE Group, Sue Parker. Welcome, Sue. Hi, Darren. Thanks for having me. Look, I thought it was terrific that, uh, you know, each year we have the meat and livestock uh, share lamb commercial for the last 20 years. And then this year you quickly appeared on Mumbrella saying, whoa, everyone, there's an opportunity here that has been completely overlooked. Before we get into that bit, what was it that really stood out to you? And, and perhaps just give us a, a description of the ad for those that haven't seen it. Sure. Well, the generation gap was a brilliant concept. There's no doubt about it. A concept where you're using humour and parody to, to make salient points is fantastic. You know, it, Australians are great to take, as I said in the Mumbrella piece, it, it tended to take the piss out of everybody. And the ad was talking about, you know, with fishes of each generation in their stereotypes, opening with Welcome to Boomer Town with a what looked like an 80-year-old bloke on a bike flicking uh, newspapers <laughs> and then a woman without a phone, with her phone without the light, looking like a, 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 te- a technology imbecile, um, opening in the context of boomers. And so the concept of the ad was, essentially that all generations share a love of lamb over a barbecue and the generation gap and the fact that there was probably more in common than what is accepted. And so it was a great off. And the lines in that campaign were absolutely terrific. There were some terrific one-liners that really were outstanding. But do you have a, sorry to cut you off, but do you have a favourite one? Because mine, yeah, the submarine, submarine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it was an impulse purchase. You know? uh, I mean, talk about it. It's it, it, it. Talk about hitting the, the, <laughs> the, the hitting the ball on the head. That was amazing, and there was that, that was a cracker line. It was a cracker line, and there was some really, and that is very very smart marketing to do that, but. It really hit me like a sandboy chip, Darren, how they misrepresented the generations. 
once again, boomers were lumped in what I, as more the silent generation, which is the next generation up, as typical as in all media and all advertising and journalism, anything talking about late 50s, over 60s, they're lumped into the next generation. And so there was a misrepresentation there. And also what was really sad was the misrepresentation of what Generation Jones is, which are people, you know, between sort of stuck in between boomers and um, Gen X. So the ad had a real opportunity to, to smack stereotypes on the head but unfortunately, whilst they took the piss out of every generation, <laughs> boomers really got a hit. And once again, and it, and it really, really demonstrated the perceptions in media land that boomers and anyone over 55 is pretty old. So that was what really was a missed opportunity. Well, I've had other uh, friends that are Gen X say that they felt Gen X was underrepresented. I think there was only a couple of scenes with Gen X and and they feel that they were misrepresented as well. So perhaps, uh, you know, the stereotypes weren't holding up or maybe that the humour value uh, was perceived to come from misrepresenting boomers as being old yeah. fuddy duddies, luddites. You know the uh, technology. Uh... Oh, totally. And I think that's a really good point because again, when we're looking at ageism and stereotypes in media and, and marketing, it's often the the very young, so the very much the the, the what the millennials, the Gen Z, and then go straight to the boomers, which are then portrayed as the silent generation. So that is again very much what that ad did. And I think on a marketing point of view, the ad really missed an opportunity at the biggest spending component of generations, which is essentially 45 to 65 is a huge spend. So, yeah, it kind of missed that. So, look, it was a great concept. Just pissed me off that they used such older representations and attitudes and lifestyles, which really subliminally reinforce ageism. But what about the uh, the point that a lot of people make, particularly in advertising, that stereotypes are a very fast way to establish characters or, or people in an ad? Because, you know, I think the ad was, was it a 90 or a th- oh, someone told me it was three minutes, you know, but that they have a limited amount of time. So relying on stereotypes is a way that you can quickly say, well, here's the old people, here's the very young, here's the in-between by relying on those shared, uh, you know, perceptions of those different groups. Yeah, and it is lazy and it demonstrates that pushback totally demonstrates the inability of people to identify ageism and the impact of it. And ageism as opposed to sexism and racism is absolutely normalised. It's okay to be ageist. It's okay in our society and in our DNA to have ageist stereotypes. If that ad, for example, looked at the stereotypes of only women at those ages, there would be an uproar, an absolute uproar. I mean, the World Health Organisation talks very much that it is the most pernicious issue of our times and ageism and the way people perceive themselves, internalised ageism and ageism in marketing and media has an incredible impact financially, economically and on health and well-being and mortality. So, 
you know, it, it's really time to stop this bullshit of ageism because it actually has a long-lasting impact and it's lazy and it's not accurate. That's the other thing. Lumping everybody, they don't lump all Gen Z or millennials in the one bag visually and, and in lifestyle, but they certainly do for anyone over 50. Yet you're out. It, all the studies show that over 55 are all lumped in the one one bucket. And there's been so much research, Darren. There's been so much academic research in Australia on by SBS, RMIT, Queensland University, over in Frankfurt, older people in advertising. It all comes up with the same thing. Trinity P3. So it almost sounds like as we age, it doesn't matter what our gender, our sexual orientation or our uh, race, it sounds like we all seem to become the same person. You know, we get grey hair, we put on weight and we become somehow uh, grumpy Luddites that uh, sit there complaining about the world. Is is that the stereotype for Oh, you? absolutely. And I'm going to take to task this thing about grey. I mean, I'm 64 nearly in April now. You know, and I am really tired of the the, the labelling of anyone over 55 as the Grey Army, the Silver Express, all this bulldust bull nonsense. Not everyone over 55 and 60 is grey-haired. Not everyone puts on weight. Some do, some don't. Not every, I mean, there are studies that show that uh, as we age, a lot of generations do become a little bit more amenable. I mean, <laughs> then again, that's debatable. Uh, that's, that's, again, a debatable um, academic fact. But, yeah, that stereotype that if you're over 55, you're grey-haired, you're a Luddite, and, I mean, I see this day in, day out in the work I do in the media and in, for my own um, 20 years in media recruitment, the same issue. Yeah, it is. And the labelling we use and the imagery that is used constantly reinforces it. And so the internalisation of ageism has become normalised. And so no one gives a shit about calling it out. And it's interesting, Darren, because I've not actually had backlash at all about the Mumbrella ad, uh, article I wrote. Everyone, no one has actually taken me to task on it. There's been conversations, obviously, but no one has, it was great to have people like Cindy Gallup and Dr Ginevan in it, but no one's taken me to task. And I'm going to propose the reason for that is because they know it's true. Do you think part of the problem is that the advertising industry, and I know it, it, it also can apply to media and journalism, but the advertising industry particularly has got a real problem with ageism in that the profile is largely people under 40 working in the industry and even from a creative perspective that a lot of those people are also under 40 or even some sometimes under 30. The baby boomers would either be their parents or even perhaps their grandparents for the early boomers. And so their representation is of that sort of two generations ago. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in Australia, there's, you know, less than 10% of staff, well, in Australia, US and UK, less than 10% of agency and advertising staff are under 45, you know, and, you know, when we look in, in media in Australia, 18% of the workforce in media is over 40, only 18% compared 
to 62% in the rest of other professions. So you're looking at 18.5% over 40 in media, 62 in other sectors. So it's a real disparity. And I mean, again, there's been so much research done globally. And I mean, we've got so many advocates and there's so much legislation of the discrimination of stereotypes and ageism. It has not moved the reality of how it's perceived. And there was an interesting piece of research done by Queensland University on journalism and how identifies ageism and how journalists and news outs identify stories and represent stories in different age categories very, very poorly. And that then filters into the advertising and marketing sector. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was a recruiter in the agency world for over 11 years and in publishing. And uh, I can't tell you how often, despite it being illegal, I got the, I don't want anyone over 40. Yeah. And then you had the gender. And of course, typical me being me, I always took umbrage at it (laughs) and said, let's identify the skills, not the age. So yeah, and it hasn't changed since despite all the, all the you know, rhetoric. And I know there's, uh, there's discussions, you said there's research about this, but the thing that amazes me is often the discussions are around, you know, that it's a young person's business, that people are more creative when they're younger. You know, there's all these issues that seem to tarnish the older advertising worker as far as their capabilities. And yet it doesn't stand up to any of the examples of creativity. You know, there's there's a lot of examples of creativity in other fields where people are really hitting their straps in their 50s and 60s and 70s. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking of novelism, novelists, uh, uh, painters, you know, designers are, are, are often, you know, the experience combined with the talent means that the older they get, the better they get. And I think that that's a really good point. And I think that comes back to the mental makeup and predilections of individuals. A lot of, a, a lot of individuals are hardwired to have, you know, the old saying of, you know, lifelong learning and adaptability, you know. And, I mean, I said I'm 64 nearly and, as you know, anyone in over 55, we've we've gone through so much change at more rapid pace than any other generation. And so the truth is that not everyone over 55 is XYZ, excuse the pun, not everyone under is XYZ. Creatively, some people have hit their straps. I mean, I really did start really hitting my creative straps at around, you know, 58, admittedly, but then... That's because of other situations. And I think that it's problematic to assume that all people over 55 and all boomers are X, Y, Z. And this is where internalised ageism can be what I call boomeranged back within agencies. What I've observed constantly and as what that ad did attempt to do was the initial friction between generations. Oh, you're a dickhead and you're a dickhead and you're a dickhead and you're a dickhead. And that's continually reinforced in the assumptions. And I challenge this always, Darren, with older people who are finding it difficult to land new roles, whether it be in agency land or any other profession. 
How do you view, what's your perception of, say, millennials and Gen X, Gen Z? Oh, they're all lazy and they're dirt, 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 dirt. And so this continues to fuel internalised stereotypes on both sides. And I really believe one of the big issues why ageism has not moved is because both ends of the spectrum are pouring crap on each other. And that was what the ad attempted to do well, I agree. That was a great concept. And that continues to fuel it. Boomers hate Gen Z and Z don't get it. So how do we break this down? Because not all younger people are lazy. They're not. And I'm tired of this trope. All people are lazy. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. All boomers are it's uh, uh, are wise. That's not true either, you know, and that's one of the things I think with stereotypes, and I've been banging on this for a very long time in media and in my work, judge individuals versus the generation. And this is and I think both sides, you know, really and that comes back why I really thought the ad missed a really major opportunity. Trinity P3. It does uh, reinforce one thing I hear a lot in the industry, and that is people talking about digital natives. You know, that if you've been born before, let's say, 1990, 95, you know, where the internet started to make an appearance in in the day-to-day world. I know it was around before that, but, you know, in the day-to-day world and impacting on marketing, if you were born before that or working before that, there's no way you're a digital native and that somehow you can never catch up because, you know, if you weren't born into it, if you weren't born literally with an iPhone in one hand and, and all of the social media apps loaded onto it, there's no way you can actually understand digital marketing. Isn't that the laziest, most heinous perception in the world? I, I, I recall, and you might, Malcolm Turnbull was one of the um, forefathers of the internet and, and digital in Australia, I recall, wasn't he? He was yep. very much involved. Well, he was in a that. big inv- big investor in the early days, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh uh, invested in a lot of uh, the startups at the time that drove uh, internet adoption across this. Absolutely, and if I, you know, I go back to the archives. I mean, there are so many people that I used to place in rec- in agencies and research um, in media that were the, at the beginning of that digital. And again, you know, when you're looking at anyone over fifty. They, we've had to make so much changes. Oh my goodness gracious! I first started work when there was telex machines. From and, and, and hello, hello. What well, we, we adaptability? The change has been has been her, her extraordinary. And not everyone, as I said, is hardwired to roll with change. Not everyone is hardwired to adapt. And I think that adaptation. Adaption piece should be front and centre. I think there's a really good definition of ageing or getting old, and that is that you stop being interested in new things, right? That when you get to the point, 
that when you get to the point where you think you know it all or you think I know enough to get by so I don't want to learn anything else, that's when you get old. And I've seen that happen in 20-year-olds. I've seen that happen in 30-year-olds. It's got nothing to do with the number of years you've been alive. It is a psychological uh, approach that you have to life where you just go, I'm very comfortable. I don't need to know anything else. You know, it's like when did you stop listening to new music? When did you stop going to see uh, new art or, new, you know, when, when was it or trying different types of food or whatever it is? You know, at what point? And, and this occurs in mammals, you know, that all mammals show the same behaviour, even rats. There's a point where they go from exploring the world and pushing boundaries to then becoming scared and safe. And we've seen that uh, played out in particularly Pixar, love this, trope, which is, you know, the the um, the rat in Ratatouille, you know, there's one that just constantly wants to try new flavours and food and becomes a chef, or Finding Nemo, you know, where the, where the child wants to go and explore the world, but the parent is full of fear and, and, and wants to reject anything that's new. We're seeing that happen over and over again, as, as reinforcing that that's what age is, is fear whereas youth is exploring, you know, and I think that's part of what we're, what supports, to your point, this ageism is someone that's old, fearful, shut down, you know, that's what old is and not everyone's old based on the number of years they've been old. That is such a great point and I've just had a visualisation, Darren, of a great big out-of-home media campaign all over the highways, freeways, roads to the airports with curiosity is key to age and wisdom, curiosity. And yeah. I think that is something that we, that, that is so true. Um, I bet it was an old person that said curiosity killed the cat. Oh, and you know what I was just <laughs> thinking? When we talk internal internalised ageism, you know that, the old trope, my mum used to always say, you're never too old to teach dogs new tricks. Now, is that a terrible thing to say to ourselves? I often say it. You know, is that, and because the word old is an interesting one. In the research I've done on what is considered old, you know, when you look at in the health sectors, I think I recall you came from a, 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 a scientific medical background. Medical yeah. background, yeah. So when you're looking at in the surgical uh, world, um, elderly or old is actually considered 85. Um, I've had some discussions over the years in that capacity. And yet the research, um, and there was research done in um, by older people in advertising report in the University of um, European University in Frankfurt that identified that most people define old is over 55. Right. That's the definition. Yet when we look at in the, the medical health sense, that's not considered that. But in the marketing and advertising sector, that is considered old. So this word old, I find is problematic because, you know, everyone is older than everyone else in some way. And I think even the language of old is problematic. Yeah, the only wor word worse than old is geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> Trinity P3. I 
I remember being in my mid-30s and a, a young doctor, younger than I at the time, said, oh, Mr Woolley, you, you realise you're middle-aged now? And I'm sitting there going, hang on, average age for a man is about 82, you know? So, so 35 seemed way too young to be middle-aged. But anyway, look, um, so I'd also, and I know you're aware of my interest and, and Trinity P3 looking at the financials of and the business models of agencies, but yeah, I'm, I'm um, I've gone on the record a number of times saying that one of the things driving ageism in agencies is the financial model, particularly for holding companies that are looking at reducing costs to maximise the margins and and stay competitive, and that is that older workers are perceived as being more expensive and not necessarily as uh, productive as younger workers. You know, better to keep two juniors than having, or three juniors than one senior person, because you'll get a lot more work done by them. You know, is that, do you believe, also one of the things that's sustaining this trend towards younger workers inside agencies? I think they use that as, look, and I read your terrific article on that a few years ago. Having been a recruiter, um, I think they it's a smokescreen. I mean, I think often people will use that as a smokescreen to hide their their ages their ageist attitudes. Um, and they'll I think it's like anything. I can't afford when someone says they can't afford it. The real reason isn't that. It's just that they've chosen not to allocate those funds to X Y Z. So I think it mostly can be an excuse. What I've actually written about the issue of salaries generally and the bullshit that hiring companies, whether that be in the media sector or any other sector, use. If there is a role, if there is a role to fill with XYZ needs and XYZ KPIs, that's the role, right? That is the role. If you are a creative director or you're a, a copywriter, what or an art director, whatever that role is, is based on solving a problem and based on solving a need within the agency and for those clients. So if that is the role, then you start looking at, well, what does that role require to do it successfully? And they should therefore, on that role, should have a salary band, which is appropriate and fair. And this often plays out, you, you will see also, in salary based on experience, which again is an excuse and a get-out-of-jail card for hiring younger people. I've seen it time and time again when I recruited that people would want a role, I'd find outstanding talent for them, then they'd pick something about them that, oh, they don't have that, so I'm going to offer them X, Y, a lower salary. And I think this whole salary issue is an excuse to, to get things cheaper. And, I and again, I know very well that people who I've worked with who are over 55 who want to get back into media and are actually willing to take a hit because they just love the sector and they can't get in. So I think it's bullshit. I, but I, your yeah. article did speak very, very well to the profit margins. And, I mean, as you work very much in raising that bar of agencies to be less <laughs> less uh, 
fiscally orientated. But I think one of the other things too is that there is a deeper level that's needed and it's the impact, again, coming on society, the impact on community, the impact on advertisers, is that they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're shooting themselves in the foot by doing it. So I guess that's a bit of a roundabout thing. But the salary issue, I find, is quite duplicitous. Yeah, someone once pointed out to me that if it was true, then agencies would be employing more women because they still continue generally to pay them 15 to 20% less than men in the same roles. So, you know, if they were uh, actually looking to save money that way, they'd do it by um, employing more women. Do you think that's the case still in your observation? The the real issue is, and, and as you were explaining your, your experience as a recruiter, the real issue is that baby boomers traditionally have a belief that you climb the ladder through experience, that the, you have to do your time to actually get those promotions. Whereas certainly millennials and, and Gen Z are inclined to think it's talent-based and that if you can do the job, then you should get the promotion, okay? There is the industry is switched because, and, and I'll give you an example here, a very talented uh, woman, young woman, was employed by an agency and they were terrific working on this account, but they got a title increase of from an account manager up to a senior account director over a three-year period. That's a long climb with three years' experience. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve the promotion, except that they were being paid a lot less than a senior account director because the agency was paying them as if they were an account manager with three years' experience. But they were telling the client that they were a senior account director and charging them out at what was considered the senior account director's rate. That's where the games come in with getting young people and promoting them quickly because it often means that you can bill them out a lot more than you're actually paying them. Yeah, look, it's certainly a game of cat and mouse and there's a lot of agendas and there's so much duplicity. I mean, I've written about this whole salary dance. I was actually interviewed on ABC, was it um, ABC? No, Um, a radio station last year about the salary issues and how um, people over 50 are not get, are not able to get salary increases within organisations and have very much lower um, training and development opportunities and how that can be navigated. I think, too, one of the... It, it just befuddles me, Darren, why? Considering when you look at the breakdown of consumers in Australia... Gen X and boomers represent over 42% of the population. So we're looking from 43 to, to 78. So when we're looking at, and that, I mean, 43-year-olds are also, as you know, are getting discriminated in, in agencies. So when you're looking at that age group, which is 42% of the Australian population and the, the, the general, I'm talking out of the industry, the general spending potential which is very, very high, it befuddles me why agencies do not make a stronger case to hire staff in those demographics to represent that, that market more. It befuddles me, absolutely befuddles me. And any marketing to anyone over 45, 50 
as we've discussed, is either ignored or represented as old and fuddy-duddy and grey. So it just befuddles me. So it seems to be a they're shooting themselves, as Jane Caro says always, you know, ageism is shooting your future self in the foot. Do you, don't you think agencies in the whole marketing industry are shooting their own potential in the foot? Because that demographic of late Gen X and boomers, are, their purchase power is so wide, not just for themselves, but for their other families around them. And so it just is bizarre that they are being so ignored by the age groups in agencies that don't understand and it is interesting your point be around you know other areas such as gender there's a high focus on overcoming stereotypes and you know uh, Sheikwal in Victoria have got research that shows uh, a stereotype representation of women actually increases the incidence of domestic violence because it dehumanises women in those situations by turning them into the stereotype rather than the person, right? Um, race is certainly something that everyone is, a, is aware of and sensitive to and avoids, you know, misrepresenting Absolutely. race. In fact, you know, and, and, and there's a positive swing to representation, you know, to now create content that, uh, has representation for a multitude of different races. It's it, to your point that it's interesting that ageism is this sticking point. And I'm just wondering, you know, what is it going to take to actually move this forward? Yeah, uh, look, and it's interesting. Just, to, I mean, there's an organisation in the UK called Unstereotype Advertising Alliance, and great concept. You know, looking at but it's all gender-focused. In Australia, I mean, I've followed a lot of what the um, Human Rights and Australian HR Institute are doing. They've done a lot of research and, and papers on employing and retaining older workers. In the whole DEI conversation, and this is ubiquitous across all sectors, it's not just in, you know, the top end of um, agency in and, and in their clients, you know, and this is the other thing. Agency clients are part of this problem as well. Very few organisations in their DEI policies factor ageism. Now, this is, and that is terrible. I mean, gender is absolutely, yeah, gender is, and we've got, of course, in Australia, the, the terrific, there's some terrific organisations. I'm just, the brain has just gone now on the organisation of CEOs that promote um genders and women into 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 media and into um, business. But ageism is off the rakin. Last year, the Human Rights and Australian Institute did a survey. This is really scary stuff. Only 50% of companies, only 50% are open to hiring staff over 50. 18% of companies have basically said they would very much rarely or never hire anyone over 50. That's terrifying. Now, these are not just our, obviously media. These are media's clients. That's the top end of town. So it's it's weighted in in every part, isn't it? Mm. That, that whole, it's it, it's it's the the cultural schema 
if you will, of the perniciousness of ageism and how it's hired. And it, it's very clear. I mean, and this is what also worries me to your point about what's changed. You know, we've got so many associations, there's so much legislation. Nothing's changed. Nothing mm. has really changed. And I really believe in coming back to the, the ad, this was an opportunity because people believe what they see and internalise what they see. So because the internalisation belief is anyone over 50 is old, duddery, grey-haired, dickheads, technophobes, can't keep up with changes, haven't adapted, are going to be hard to manage, all the myriad old stereotype excuses embedded onto anyone over 50 keeps it alive. And then whenever anyone over 50 is talked about, I've seen this myself, Darren, I've had a lot of media over the years, TV and in press, and talking about career bias of ageism, and I cannot tell you how often the images used, other than my photo, are of a photo of a hand that's of someone 85 to 95 or a representation I was on Sunrise several years ago and it was a great, great interview, absolutely terrific, but the background images talking about ageism and the change in the market through government initiatives were of blokes closer to 75 and 80 working on the bloody tools. So this continues. I mean, I was on Sky News, um, again, a terrific interview with Janie Seal, absolutely terrific, unpacking ageism. It was terrific, and they and I'm I'm still snarky about this. <laughs> there was a, a photo, there was an image with some of the the tips that had again a hand representing people in their 80s. When I'm talking about people in their 50s, you know, yeah. and this is again the problem. So there's you know nothing has changed despite you know every age count in Australia, the human rights. But yeah, the, the attitude is that they are hiring and certainly worse in in agency and media. Trinity P3. Yeah, going back to the ad, you know, the underlying strategy is that lamb is the thing that brings Australians together. Unless they're vegetarian. Yeah, unless they're vegans or vegetarian, yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's the underlying premise. The whole, you know, it's the campaign's been going two decades and, and it's interesting this year because in many ways, Australian society is becoming divided like the US, you know, on a whole lot of issues. You know, uh, we've, we had the referendum, the voice referendum, which has divided the country. We've had, uh, uh, you know, there's political uh, division about a whole lot of issues yeah, that going on. There's environmental uh, division. You know, there's still people out there that are climate deniers and, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, there was any number of things. I'm just wondering if the decision had been made from the uh, MLA's perspective to avoid the, the divisions that were particularly political. And this, this is why they landed on the generation gap because in some ways it's not a political issue, it's a social issue. You know, I don't see a lot of policies apart from, you know, uh, the old age pension as a political political issue that deals with um, ageism. Yeah, and I think that talks to, again, that is that ageism and st- age stereotypes 
especially as the 2050 cohort, is totally, totally ignored and not understood and no one wants to look at it. And I think that um, it's interesting you talk about the divisions and it, it was quite clear and disturbing also that there, there didn't appear to be a First Nation representation, representation of any age, um, of any generation in that ad, which was a bit disturbing because we are in, let's face it, and as I wrote in my Mumbrella article, any humour in these times is welcome. I won't make any bones about that. We need some relief because life is bloody horrible. And it's it, it's democracy and also the issues that you've just raised are pertinent. And certainly, and it's interesting that all generations have equal concern about those. Um, yeah, uh, the political versus does land bring them together? Look, there, it's been interesting. Um, there's also been conversations about that lamb you know is that really the tool that brings people together yeah look yeah I, I think I still come back to that it was such a disappointing opportunity because it just once again when I see this I said you know Darren I get tired of having to pick up the pieces of broken people and I mean that sincerely. I've had broke people with decades of experience under their belt not being able to get another crack in the career market. And I'm sick of the brokenness. And it go, comes back to these stereotypes. So any I look at the I love the advertising industry and the, and the journalism industry. I love it. But with power comes responsibility. And that responsibility is to do no harm, a little bit like the Hippocratic, Hippocratic, is it the Hippocratic Oath in medicine? Hippocratic Oath, yeah. Hippocratic Oath, you will remember that. Do no harm. Did this representation of the older people continue the harm? I think it did, even though it was bloody funny. Sue Parker, I'm really impressed that you've evoked the Peter Parker principle of with great power comes great responsibility. Is that is that sort of some relative you're related to Spider-Man? Because that's where that reference comes from. Ah, I did not look, I, I plead ignorance, Your Honor, on that. <laughs> I, I take I take myself off the bench, Your Honor, on that. I actually don't didn't not know who the originator of that. And Parker It's a Spider-Man is, quote. Peter uh, Parker. Ah, right, no, no, but it does, it does. I mean, there is a responsibility. And ad, the media and advertising industry has such power, has such power to, to change the fabric of our worlds. And humour is a great way to kick ass. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, but not with cheap shots. Yeah, not, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think, you know, it's interesting. I read somewhere that um, some of the people working on, the people working on the campaign were from different generations as well. And they, there yep. was a point made that some of them were, um, you know, Gen X. No one was a baby learner, but there was certain Gen X. But Gen X goes from 43 to 58. But this is where internalised ageism comes in as well. One of the greatest dangers, um, and there's a lot of research on that too, is that older people turn on themselves, uh, yeah. just a bit like inter internalised misogyny. Not all women like other women and not all older people like older people. And I've seen that too. I, it's actually been quite fascinating that when I've had clients in the past, 
in recruitment who were themselves in their 50s actually discriminated themselves. It's almost like a, you know, I've been badly treated, I'm going to do it again. So there's a real psychological discussion to have, I think, on this as well. Look, Sue, time's absolutely got away from us because this has been such a great conversation. Thank you for taking the time to uh, sit down and have a chat on uh, managing marketing. Thank you, Darren. This has been terrific. We should do a TV show on it. (laughs) Now, I'm going to put the link to the YouTube um, uh, play for anyone that hasn't seen the Lamb ad. But uh, otherwise, look, Sue, before you go, I do have a question for you. Um, you know, in, say, 15, 20 years' time, what do you think you'll be doing?